You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo and I'm going to be talking to you all about the impacts of GLP-1 agonists. It's a class of peptides. You've heard me talk about them before. Some common names you may have heard are Ozempic, Wegovi, Monjoro. Well, there's some older generation GLP-1 agonists that have been used safely in clinical practice for decades. And we're going to be talking about their impact and what the data shows how they're impacting osteoarthritis. This is super interesting conversation, and I have been, as you know, knee-deep in the literature, but conveniently, there was a group that in 2022 published a review where they looked at all the data and they put it into one convenient report for me, uh, one study here. This is called Targeting the GLP-1 GLP-1 Receptor Access to Treat Osteoarthritis, a New Opportunity. This is by Marut et al. It's in the Journal of Orthopedic Translation, and it is from 2022. And I will make sure to link it up in the show notes. But so many of you have asked me, Dr. Tina, do these help with pain? Because I started taking them and my pain is down. And now everybody wants to jump on the, well, you lost weight and so your pain is down conversation, which is 100% accurate, yes, but there's more at play here. A couple things that this paper doesn't talk about as much is osteoarthritis is diabetes of the joint and it's a metabolic dysfunction of the joint and insulin and leptin have a lot to do with how osteoarthritis progresses and the pro-inflammatory cascade that ensues. And I've talked about this on past podcasts. And in fact, I did a whole episode about it that we'll be sure to link in the show notes. But osteoarthritis, in my opinion, is very much a metabolic syndrome symptom. And it just happens to present, you know, present with joint pain. You can have disease processes going in your body and they just decide to present in various ways in different organ systems. So for me, for instance, I tend to have digestive issues. I tend to have neurologic issues. Other people may have more of a cardiovascular type of situation, but we do have data showing that osteoarthritis and cardiovascular disease are linked and your risk for cardiovascular disease goes up anywhere between, from different studies I've looked at, four to 10 times as much if you have osteoarthritis. So if you out there watching this or listening to this have osteoarthritis, like so many of us do, your risk for cardiovascular disease is significantly increased. And we know that GLP-1s impact cardiovascular disease in a very positive way. In fact, the select study that finished up at the end of last year showed a 20% reduction in cardiovascular disease in the semaglutide group versus the control group who was not injecting a GLP-1. So we know it has cardiovascular impacts. We know it does awesome things for your metabolism. It's not just a band-aid. It actually heals the metabolism. You guys can go back and listen to my other podcasts all about this. And we know that it has an anti-inflammatory effect in the body and in the brain. So what does it do for osteoarthritis? Let's jump into this. Are you magnesium deficient? 75% of people are. Lack of adequate levels of an essential mineral like magnesium is going to impact several systems as hundreds of biochemical reactions in the body are magnesium dependent. Magnesium really is one supplement that I believe to be a non-negotiable when it comes to my daily supplement stack. So how can you tell if you're magnesium deficient? Are you irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you experience muscle cramps or twitches? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you sometimes constipated? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium 
magnesium deficiency. These are just a few examples. And while most magnesium products only contain one or two forms of magnesium, I found a blend that contains seven different forms of the mineral. It's called Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers, and I take it every day. Magnesium Breakthrough helps improve my digestion, supports my muscle recovery, and supports healthy bone density. Simplify your life and your routine with this all-natural, full-spectrum magnesium supplement. Head to bioptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Tina and use promo code Dr. Tina during checkout to save 10% on your order. In addition to the 10% off you'll get with my link, you can get free gifts with purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough. But act fast, this is a limited time offer. Link is in the show notes, you know what to do. So I admittedly am not big on skincare. I'm nearly 50 and to say that I've slacked on my skin is a total understatement. I've recently noticed some changes, however, that I'm not loving. And so I finally decided to get serious. A few months ago, I reached out to my buddy, Andy, the CEO and founder of Alatura Naturals and asked him to help. He sent me the complete skincare line and If you've not heard of Alatura yet, let me introduce you to the most natural and luxurious lotions and potions to ever grace my face. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple, to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the line I've been looking for and it checks off all the boxes for me. It's all natural, it's cruelty-free, it's non-toxic, it's non-GMO, and it is organic when possible. My absolute favorites are the clay mask to detoxify and really heal my skin, as well as the night cream to boost collagen and deeply moisturize. The night cream also triples as an eye and lip balm and a little bit goes a long way. Honorable mentions are the pearl cleanser and the absolutely heavenly gold serum. You can literally feel the magic of the gold serum immediately upon application. It's that good. Because I believe everybody should try Alatura, I partnered with them and listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can save 20% off your first order by heading to alatura.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount. That's Dr. Tina with a Y or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. All right, so we know that osteoarthritis is a degenerative joint disease and it affects millions of people worldwide. Uh, In this condition, you've got chondrocytes, which are your cartilage cells. You've got synovial cells, which are your synovium is what lines your joint. It's the It's basically the outer packaging of the joint and it's highly innervated and can become very inflamed and painful in people. And other joint cells become activated when exposed to abnormal environment, including mechanical stress, inflammatory cytokines, or disorganization of matrix proteins. So basically you can have a traumatic induced osteoarthritis and I'm going to use the term OA from here out just because that's it's easier to speak that way. Or you can have an inflammatory cascade and often one begets the other. So if you've got an inflammatory cascade going on and then you bump the joint or you hurt it a little bit, it's gonna be more prone to injury and vice versa. If you've got a traumatic injury and then that's gonna obviously set off the inflammatory cascade. So data has accrued to suggest that these GLP-1 agonists, which bind to the glucagon-like peptide 1 receptor have beneficial pleiotropic effects such as immunomodulation, anti-inflammation, and neuronal protection, not just in the brain, in the body, the nerves. Thus, because of their anti-inflammatory properties, 
this group hypothesized that GLP-1-based therapies could benefit OA patients. This review focuses on the GLP-1 receptor pathway, molecular mechanisms, and phenotypes related to OA pathogenesis. So there's very little out there that actually helps osteoarthritis. The standard of care is pretty crappy. It's pretty barbaric. It's pretty old school. I mean, they, you know, the jam, you go to the doctor, they may offer you anti-inflammatories off the get-go. They may, you know, something like ibuprofen, which is not a great idea long-term. They could potentially offer you a cortisone injection, which melts the joints further. And actually it decreases inflammation in the short term, but it actually long-term does some pretty bad damage. And that's about all they got. So, and then you could go on to pain pills, which who wants to be on opioids? And opioids actually upregulate microglial cell activation in the brain, which actually makes you hurt worse in the long run. So none of that is a good idea. And my entire, just so you guys know, my background, my entire career was spent prior to COVID uh, treating musculoskeletal conditions and doing regenerative joint injections on thousands of people and thousands and thousands of joints. So I know joint pain very well. I live with it personally. You guys have heard my story in the past and I live with a very painful musculoskeletal condition. And that's what actually got me interested in these peptides, that and the cognitive impacts, which is very intimately related to pain. So when your brain starts going, your pain tends to ramp up. It's just, it's kind of how it works together. So that really got me going on these. And I've been microdosing GLP-1s with really profound effects for myself. Um, I'm seeing very similar results in my patients and tiny little doses are getting huge amounts of pain um, down or eliminated. So it's pretty cool. So OA is the leading cause of disability in the world, by the way. 300 million individuals worldwide are affected by this. In the absence of disease-modifying treatments, the FDA has characterized OA as a serious disease. It affects all the joints, really, including knees, hands, hips, and spine, and it is the leading cause of impaired mobility in older people. This is a chicken and egg situation in that if you have severe osteoarthritis, you're going to stop moving so much. And when you stop moving so much, you obviously pack on the weight and you start to become more metabolically unsound. And as you become more metabolically unsound, your osteoarthritis worsens. And as you pack on more weight, your osteoarthritis worsens. So OA is a chemical, hormonal, and mechanical issue all overlapping. And the they know that the overlap between OA and metabolic dysfunction is real and it's just not talked about very often because I don't think most doctors understand it. Most doctors don't know what the heck to do with metabolic syndrome, by the way. And then obviously post-traumatic injury is another cause of it. So all of this together leads to these really deleterious cellular effects. You get necrosis in the joint of the, you know, all different types of cells in there. You get apoptosis, so cells start exploding literally killing themselves. Your, your joint melts. I don't know how else to put it. I tell patients this. I, the, when, once the joint starts melting, it just keeps potentiating itself. So like a worse situation or a bad situation gets worse, right? That's, and it sucks and I've lived with it and I've had both my hips go on me. And it's, once it starts, it's like, oh crap, here we go, right? And you live through it and then a new joint pops up. <laughs> especially if you have an autoimmune condition impacting your joints. So that said, I was really looking for something novel and new and safe and effective. And I'm really hoping that GLP-1s are it because I think done correctly, 
and cycled, you really can get long-term use out of these. I'm going to be talking about that in my upcoming program. Oh, actually, you guys, so by the time this launches, I will still be having my free training up. I've got a four-part free training all about GLP-1 agonists. It's called Ozempic Uncovered. It's really good. I'm having so much fun with it. And you guys can opt in for free and get the four-part training. The whole thing shuts down, though, Monday night. So Monday the 26th, I believe it is, at midnight Pacific Standard Time, it's gone. So if you're listening to this, jump right off this podcast and jump over there and get in there and watch them all before they disappear because it's really an awesome training. And then it leads you into my new program that I'm launching, which is going to be fantastic. And I'm going to teach you how to use these correctly. This is for practitioners and the public. Anyway, inflammation has a fundamental role in osteoarthritis initiation and development. So anything that could be used as an anti-inflammatory safely is obviously going to be helpful. So really interesting, some interesting info. We're just going to go through here quickly because they broke it down by by um, regions and so or, or different types of tissues. And I think it's important that we talk about all of them because you might have a kind of pain that's driven by a specific type of tissue and you're just getting grouped into, oh, you have knee pain or oh, you have knee osteoarthritis, but maybe it's your synovium, maybe it's your cartilage, maybe it's the nerves, who knows, right? And that's really hard to diagnose even by the best of us. So these... GLP-1 agonists sit on GLP-1 receptors. And these receptors are present all over the body. And we know this, and I've gone through that before in other episodes, but they're expressed in the central nervous system. They're expressed in the intestines, in the pancreas, uh, readily found there. They're in the blood vessels. They're in the they're, They help regenerate pancreatic cells. So if used early, they can actually, if you have caught the type 1 diabetes diagnosis early, these have been shown in the studies to reverse it. It's it's incredible. They're in kidney cells. They're in the joints. They are in the heart, the lungs, the and the peripheral nervous system, as I said, along with the central nervous system. So taken together with the overlap between OA risk factors and the metabolic syndrome and cardiovascular disease, the demonstrated anti-inflammatory activities of these peptides in several tissues um, are showing a lot of therapeutic promise. And this is why I'm I'm going to keep beating this drum. All right, so it gives you a really cool breakdown of how GLP-1s work and GIPs, and it gets a little nerdy, so we're just gonna skip past that, but I wanna get into some of the joints. So the pathological changes seen in osteoarthritis include degradation of cartilage, the synovial inflammation I mentioned. By the way, if you have synovial inflammation, you wouldn't know it, you just hurt, but when I go to inject joints, I can feel the synovium is thickened and I can tell that the person is in a lot of pain as I approach that synovial membrane. Uh, and that's a bad sign because once you, it's called synovitis. Once you've got synovitis going in one joint, you're probably getting it in all your joints. And that's more of an immunologic process going on. And it's, it's not great, right? I mean, because that means that you are having inflammation everywhere. It's just showing up and barking in your joints. But the cartilage, again, can be involved, the synovial inflammation and thickening of the subchondral bone with osteophyte formation. So what does that mean? The bone beneath the cartilage actually plays a role. Your bones, your joints, and your muscles are all BFFs. I've talked about that before. And they play together. So one impacts the other. And when the bone starts changing, it can actually induce a pro-inflammatory process in the joint adjacent right? So just in that cartilage layer and then into the joint that it's sitting up against. So that's a big deal. And I think it's really underappreciated. There's also the 
articular fat pads. And like in the knee, you've got Hoffa's fat pad and it's highly, highly innervated. And it can induce a tremendous amount of pain if it becomes pathologic. So you might be told, oh, you're bone on bone, but what's really screaming in your knee is your Hoffa's fat pad. So we've got a lot of things going there, right? We've got the cartilage layer. We've got the upper layer of the cartilage, which is a slick glycoprotein layer so that the bone, you know, the joint can slide. You've got the sub layer of the cartilage, which is up against that subchondral bone, which is having a whole different conversation potentially, and it's impacting everything. You've got the synovium, which is the joint capsule itself, you know, the packaging around the joint. And then you've got the muscles and the tendons and ligaments. They don't discuss the tendons and ligaments in here, but those insert onto your joint via what's called the anthesis. The anthesis is where ligament and tendon meet bone, and it turns into bone. It's a transition zone and it's highly, highly innervated. I've talked about this on, I have a whole orthopedic medicine is a scam series in this podcast and you guys can go back and listen to those. But I talk about all of this at length. Anyway, there's really, um, while we don't have any direct evidence or research, especially in humans, showing efficacy for osteoarthritis, what this paper does is it looks at mechanisms and then hypothesizes that this would be how it works. And I completely agree. So there is a limitation of current research and I think that needs to be addressed because this could be a game changer. And it is yet another reason why I think the company, the big pharma companies who don't have a GLP-1 agonist in their suite of drugs is probably not very happy about this, especially if they have a drug that they're using to help with the pain, right? If they got a pain drug or an anti-inflammatory drug in their lineup, especially some of these that are not so good or so healthy for you, like the NSAIDs, then they're not going to want this getting out there. So anyway, we're looking at existing evidence and they give you a whole nice breakdown of the different drugs and the year of approval and the company that owns them and the description and the indication and the form and the half-life and the dose and regimen and it's very, very cool. So you get some nice little graphs. Again, I will link this paper up. If you guys want to go nerd out, you can have it all in there. But I'm just trying to translate this paper into regular people words so that you can understand it. Because if you're interested in utilizing GLP-1s, I'm going to actually be doing a whole section in my upcoming program about musculoskeletal conditions and how these play a role. So some of it's being talked about here, but uh, I'm going to talk about it from a clinical standpoint. So anyway... This is showing efficacy in the cartilage and just the way that the cartilage works, the way that the cartilage becomes inflamed, the process by which the cartilage starts to degrade, the apoptosis that occurs, which again is the cells blowing themselves up. Apoptosis is like programmed cell death. And then the senescence, which happens when cells turn into zombies. And that all happens through this pro-inflammatory NF-kappa B pathway. Um, the, we've got you, you know, the metalloproteinases, it's a whole hot mess once it starts. And so getting the cartilage to basically chill and stop being catabolic and destroying itself is no easy feat, like I said, once it starts. And GLP-1s are showing multiple mechanisms of how they can be helpful here, which I think is incredible. Also, interestingly, as a side note, there is a there's a receptor in your L cells. Your L cells are what secrete GLP-1 in the body. And then there's also regions of the brain that secrete GLP-1. But guess what signals this receptor, this GPR120 receptor that is in the L cell that signals it to make GLP-1? Alpha-linolenic acid, which 
you're going to find in seed oils. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Stay away from the seed oils, which I am not a huge fan of taking copious amounts of omega-6s. And I'm certainly not a fan of taking, you know, industrial rancid seed oils. But if you're going to eat some walnuts, you're going to eat some pumpkin seeds, uh, maybe you like flax seeds and you use them fresh and grind them. There's, there's a, you know, a variety of alpha linolenic sources, but the whole... I did a whole podcast that you can go back and listen to about the cell membrane and with um, the CEO of Body Bio. And we talked about the importance of different fatty acids. So you can go back and listen to that if you want. But I just thought that was really funny. If you're going to cut all seed oils out of your life and all nuts completely, then you know you might be missing some GLP-1. And we know that GLP-1 deficiency is real. I have a whole theory about that that I go over in this free video training that you guys can get until the 26th at midnight. Electrolyte imbalances are so common and can cause symptoms such as headaches, cramps, fatigue, brain fog, dizziness, weakness, and more. I finally committed to using electrolytes daily and wow, have I noticed a difference in my energy and my performance in the gym. While I've tried nearly all the brands, my current electrolyte of choice is Element. Element helps anyone stay hydrated without the sugar and other dodgy ingredients found in popular electrolyte and sports drinks. And it's so tasty. Grapefruit salt is my current favorite flavor. Element has everything you need and nothing you don't. That means science-backed electrolyte ratios with none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I've teamed up with Element and they've been gracious enough to offer a free gift with purchase to listeners of the Dr. Tina show. The free gift Element sample pack includes one packet of every flavor. This is the perfect offer for anyone who's interested in trying all of their flavors. They offer a no questions asked return policy on all orders and you don't even have to send the product back. This offer is exclusively available for Dr. Tina show listeners. So be sure to use the link in the show notes to take advantage of it now. Anyway, uh, then there's the synovial tissue. So they go through and they talk about how GLP-1-based therapies may have a protective effect on the synovial tissue because what's happening there is you get macrophage infiltration into the defects of the synovium and the whole thing basically just gets pissed off. I don't know how else to explain it. Like I said, it thickens. I can feel it with my needle. I can see it on ultrasound, but I definitely can feel it with my needle. As my needle traverses a thickened synovium, it is gummy and thick and it hurts so bad as I get, I'll get within millimeters of it. I can see it on ultrasound and the patient will recoil. I can see their face. They're just like, oh, so I actually will drop some lidocaine right there and give it a minute before I proceed because just coming up and even whispering upon that synovial membrane can be so painful for people. And often you're given a, an x-ray to assess your knee joint damage, for instance. And all that looks at is bone. It does not tell you anything about the soft tissues around the joint. And most often it's the soft tissues around the joint that are totally pissed off. And by the way, I was doing prolotherapy and platelet-rich plasma and stem cells. I wasn't doing cortisone injections, but you can go back and listen to my podcast on that. So it definitely impacts the immunologic um, infiltration that happens, the macrophage infiltration. You guys, GLP-1 sit on your macrophages. It's crazy. Plus there's this whole concept of polarization of macrophages and it's not as distinct as this, but basically there's an M1 form and an M2 form. And some say the M1 form is bad and the M2 form is better, but you need the M1 form because it's got some anti-tumor properties. But these macrophages don't polarize back and forth permanently. It's sort of a flux. 
And so we want that flux working, but sometimes it'll be a little one-sided when things get a little pathologic in the body. And so GLP-1s actually impact that flux and that polarization in a positive way. And that's very cool too. They also... There's also fibroblast-like rheumatoid arthritis synovitis or synoviocytes, I should say, sorry. And they treated them with GLP-1s and had positive impacts. So super cool. Like the potential with rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, some of these horrific inflammatory arthritises are it's just, that's really mind-blowing to me and exciting because my whole career was in that world. That's all I did for 10 years. One of the big reasons I got out of my big practice was, and I mean, I had a, for 10 years straight, I was cranking you guys. I was seeing a lot of patients a week and I was very busy and I, I was treating all pain all day and I had to get out of there because after a while, it takes its toll on you. And as someone who lives with chronic pain myself, you know, it just got really exhausting and the li- the lines start blurring. And so I just wanted to get out of the clinic and I wanted to get away from pain. But trust me when I tell you, I know there are people out there that are better pain experts than I am, but you're going to be hard spent to find one. I really understand how pain works and I have studied it because it's personal and it's personal among some of my family members as well. And I, my whole family has pain. And so I've really spent a lot of time looking at what could be helpful. And I have access to all kinds of cool stuff that you guys can't get access to. And I've tried everything and it works for a while. Everything works for a while. So we'll see how these GLP ones last, but the actual mechanism of action on them and how they're working and all these different tissues that are part of osteoarthritis and joint pain and the inflammatory process is just so dang cool. Okay, so there's mechanisms on bone. It's protective to bone. It's protective to muscle. I've talked about muscle before. It does not tear down muscle. It does not make muscle waste. There is no impact on the muscle that's negative. What GLP-1s do on muscle is actually protective and it induces muscle protein synthesis. So all that you're hearing from people is a it's a lie. The muscle wasting that we're seeing is due to the it's a secondary effect of a really low calorie diet. When people restrict calories and they don't eat or they eat very little and what they are eating is potentially not very high in protein and then they're not protecting their muscle because they're not strength training. So it's a compli- it's a dosing issue, it's a management issue and then it's a compliance issue on the patient's part. These Peptides actually protect muscle and they protect bone and they play with bone in a way, just kind of the kindergarten version. You've got osteoblasts and osteoclasts. So you've got cells that build bone and you've got cells that break down bone. And as we age, our osteoblasts start to peter out and they kind of go rogue. So they'll start building bone spurs and all kinds of crazy stuff. And then the osteoclasts sort of gain power and they start breaking down your bone. And that's where osteoporosis starts playing you know, a role. And that's where we start seeing the aging of bones. And GLP-1 impacts positively bone homeostasis. It impacts the homeostasis between these osteoblasts and osteoclasts. And that is so freaking cool. (laughs) It is so freaking cool. So it suggests they could play a role in both bone tissue destruction and renewal. But what we want is balance in there. We want homeostasis. We don't want one side winning, right? We don't want too much bone growth and we don't want too much bone degradation. And then there's positive impacts on adipose tissue and that's adipose tissue throughout your whole body. It actually helps white fat 
beige, if you will. So kind of returning to a browning. Brown fat is the fat we had when we were babies and it helps you be more insulin sensitive and it helps you um, really just keep your metabolism in check in a positive way. White fat is what we get more of as we age and we build, you know, we fill up our fat cells. That's white fat cells. So that's pretty damn cool. And then it actually has been shown to impact the fat that is in the joints. So you can get fatty infiltration into the joints, you can get fatty infiltration into bones, and you can get fatty infiltration into muscle. And that's really unhealthy. When that starts to happen, that is your fat has gone rogue and it is that is not a healthy process. So there is impacts in a positive way from GLP-1s on that whole process and potentially slowing that down or reversing that. And I think that's really very cool too. And then the nerves. Pain is really interesting because pain's happening in your brain. I know we think it's happening in the area that hurts, but it's actually ultimately being signaled from the brain. And so if we can reduce central nervous system inflammation, if we can reduce um, the hyperactivation and polarization of the microglial cells, they get primed and they get pissy and they're very difficult to revert back. And it's there's some discussion that GLP-1s could actually make the microglial cells happier again, back to their happy form. So there's actually one study, GLP-1 receptor is expressed in microglial cells of the dorsal vertebral horn and overexpressed in models of peripheral neuropathy. That means you're getting a lot of receptors looking for GLP-1. Intrathecal injection of exenatide, which is an old, that's like the OG GLP-1, reduced the hypersensitivity by up to 90% in a month. This was in a a rodent study, by up to 90% in a model of peripheral neuropathy without affecting acute nociceptive responses. That means nociceptive responses are your pain responses. We don't want to dull your, we don't want to, it's it's complicated. We don't want to turn off the nociceptive responses because then you don't know that you're hurting yourself, right? You need to know that you're hurting yourself. But to be able to turn it down and calm it down is, and turn off that pathologic hypersensitivity, that's money. And this is, I mean, this is just mind blowing. 90%, up to 90%. In addition, exenatide caused the release of beta endorphin from the spinal cord. This anti-allodynic effect induced by GLP-1 could be blocked by the opioid receptor antagonist naloxone. So interesting, it's playing on our opioid receptors. It's having an impact further than what we understand. So that basically all, all that fancy jargon means pain relief. And that is a good thing. Um, they looked at, they demonstrated in a rat chronic pain model of spinal nerve ligation. They cut the rat, poor ratties, they cut the rat's spinal nerves and they did an intrathecal injection of exenatide. It reduced pain sensitivity as assessed by certain tests and it decreased neuroinflammation. It reversed or I reduced TNF alpha, um, different interleukins that are pro-inflammatory like interleukin six and again, showed analgesic effects, which is so dang cool. So this study, this review was not funded by anybody. There was no pharmaceutical company behind it. And therefore we can trust it a little bit more. We know that GLP-1s can readily pass through the blood brain barrier. And this probably extends the therapeutic efficacy of GLP-1 receptor activation, which is basically their conclusion and that there should be more studies done. So 
I hope that's helpful. This is one of the main reasons, again, why I'm using it and why I have been interested in using it in my patients and my family. And I'm seeing really positive, profound results. So all that said, I will make sure that this study link is in the show notes. And I appreciate you guys listening to me nerd out here. And I will be back. And don't forget to check out my Ozempic Uncovered four-part video series. It is free through the 26th, Monday, the 26th of February. So if you're watching this or listening to this in time, you can go ahead and grab it. I will make sure the link is in the show notes or in the description of the YouTube video. And you can go through all four parts at that time. And you can hear all about my new program, Ozempic Dunright University. I'm so excited about this. The cart will be open for only a few days. It's going to be an incredible comprehensive program where I discuss all the things that I believe and I've used clinically in practice for nearly 20 years to help people lose weight, optimize their health, really dial in all the things. I'm not available for clinical practice anymore and I'm not taking patients and I'm not trying to sell you any peptides and I won't be prescribing anything in there. But what it's going to be is an incredible comprehensive program. We've already got several dozen people in and I cannot wait to see what you think of it. So go ahead and make sure that you click the link in the show notes. Check out the four-part video series before it disappears. It's three short videos and a longer form video on part four. You're going to want to hear every single minute of it because I'm dispelling myths. I'm sharing all of the potential benefits that GLP-1s have, and I'm going to be breaking down a lot of information and answering questions that you guys are frequently asking me. So I will see you there. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.